Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Queen's Funeral. It just shows up. Four billion viewers around the world. That's nearly half the world saw it live. And God bless the Archbishop of Canterbury. I don't know who picked the scriptures, if the Queen or he did. They were so full on. The gospel was completely in there. Jesus, you alone. God, like that, can reach half the world live with the gospel. It's powerful stuff, eh? We think he's going to struggle to reach everyone. Not at all. Not at all. I just, I, I love that a lot. And I did want to say, going back a few weeks, um, uh, Rosamindy had been raising up some, some leadership in the church, and they had a retreat away, and I just went down for one day, and they were all praying for each other and or ministering to each other, and Ros and I were standing outside the circle holding hands, just looking in and watching, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. And I just felt... Uh, Two, two scriptures, you know, in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit fell, it said it fell on them all, and I remember it well because I was brought up a Catholic and I was proving to my parents from scripture that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And they wouldn't believe me, but I showed them from scripture because it tells you who was present in the upper room, and it says they were all filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. And my parents sat there going, oh. And, and later on, the Jewish leaders were shocked when the Gentile believers were also filled with the Holy Spirit and they went, wow, so he's even poured the Holy Spirit out on the Gentiles. So I want you to know this. When there's an outpouring, it's not for a select group, it's for all. And I just think out of that, no matter who you are in the church, it'll, it'll eventually come to you. But what's powerful about it, it speaks to me of transitioning going forward and God building his church going forward, that it doesn't always have to come through Ros and I. We were actually the only ones in the room who didn't receive it. We will receive it, but it wasn't from us. It was Jesus building his church. And I thought, I thought that was a powerful image of transition. And, and listen, I don't care who it comes through. As long as it comes through someone, I heard uh, Archie Roach, an Aboriginal guy, who was on Arne's Brush, being painted and he said um, one of the great things about my people is he said if one of us shines then we all feel like we're shining and I thought that's how we should be in the kingdom of God no jealousy just someone shines we go that's good that's for all of us and and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is like that today's message is called designed to withstand it's in the the context of the series God trusts you more than you think and sometimes we underestimate our strength but God doesn't estimate the strength he's put in us and I just wanted to show you this I've got to share this the right way um, I have a niece who lives interstate the baby picture yeah thank you um, lives interstate and she's helping uh, anyway through a set of circumstances with babies that have been taken off parents who, who are drug addicts and um, I just want you to look at the picture because this is a little boy who withstands. I had a text and she said, pray for this little boy. I won't give you his name. I'm not allowed to. Um, you know, taken from mum and struggling to survive. Um, he weighed two kilos at birth, collapsed lungs. He was resuscitated after dying. He had bleeding on the brain, rhino viruses. She got, she got us, you know, to get a whole lot of prayer going, so we did. And she said, when I got to pick him up for the first time, his heart rate immediately improved. It was like the love. She said later, and I got no details on this, he survived three attempted abortions, was premature, suffered drug addiction withdrawals at birth. She, and she says this, Mark, he's a fighter. He has survived against the odds. 
the Lord must have a special call and plan for his life. So, Father, we declare blessing and protection on that little boy. We declare a great future in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, designed to withstand, and I, and I think for you and I, there are certain things we're afraid of on this earth. One of my biggest fears is losing a life partner because I see friends now at my age starting to lose life partners and it freaks me out. I don't picture myself going that well without Roz. I think she'd go great without me and women tend to go better than the blokes do. I don't know. We're a bit more vulnerable than what we think we are. But um, nevertheless, the truth is, regardless of my weaknesses, that I'm designed to withstand. God designed it. I've heard Joel Osteen say, He's got this big testimony about the building they're in. You know, at one stage, the largest church in America and then this massive basketball stadium that they never should have got, but they got it. And he said one day, not long after they had it, he was walking around in the bowels of it, in, you know, with the people don't see. And he was with the engineer that he had appointed to do the maintenance and look after it. And he noticed that the steel beams that held it up just seemed like way bigger than they needed to be for a five-storey building. And he asked the engineer, and the engineer said, yeah, this building's designed for 10 storeys. The people come on a Sunday and see the five and think it's magnificent, but they don't realise that it's designed to be able to be way bigger than what it is. That's us. <laughs> That's what our trials bring out of us. Um, anyway, let me, let, let me just keep moving. Um, uh, many times we face a battle between our belief and our unbelief. And in one guy in the Bible said, Jesus, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And it's interesting. I love that course you had. And I think I'll probably do that one eventually. One of the home groups, um, resilience. I forget the proper name of it. But anyway, I could just tell. I know that, resilience. Jesus was crucified at Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And it's just interesting to me that in modern day, one of the biggest battlefields is the battlefield of the mind, isn't it? And um, I just love it when there's things that, that help us with, with that battle. In Exodus 3.2, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. Now, I've got two great principles to teach you today. Moses saw that although the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And this is introducing a really important concept in Scripture that things can burn and not be devoured or consumed. And it seems to me from Scripture that there's an anointing on Christians to go through trials or go through fire and not be burned. And there's two things that, that, that go with that. Um, Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you walk through the fire, you'll, you'll not be burned. Da it, it, a lot of it comes from Daniel 3. The great, the great story on it in the Bible is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're in the fire. And I'll just read the end part of the story, chapter 3, verse 25. Um, so they get thrown into the fire, and someone says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods, because they only threw three in there. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego! Servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So they came out of the fire and the satrap, I don't know what that is, satraps, prefects, governors and royal advisors crowded around. They saw, what Moses saw, they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. And there's this great sentence. 
there was no smell of smoke on them. And I've heard Darlene Check preach the most amazing message on the trials and the fires we go through. We've got to walk through it with God because his desire is that we come out of our trials with no smell of smoke on us. It's like saying no bitterness, no hatred of other people. Like You've got stuff to work through and it's not easy, but that smell of smoke, God doesn't want it to be on you. As a Christian with Christ in you, you have an inbuilt fire protection for your spiritual battles. You have a sound mind, a righteous spirit and a believing soul. I just wrote this with it. As you work on your attitude and stay in belief, you can come through your trials without unbelief, bitterness, regret, no smell of smoke on you. It's so funny. We all think we haven't got the smell of smoke on us, but even this morning, Ros is trying to get ready for church. I'm preaching, so I'm externally processing myself. And state conference is coming up, right? I have this pet hate. Because a state conference every year, and this doesn't mean I'm right, by the way. So Ros is getting ready for state conference, really positive about it. She's going to give a lot. I'm going to give nothing. I'm just going to support Ros, right? So I'm the selfish one. And I whinge about state conference because every year they go, don't burn out, don't burn out. But they get everyone to arrive on Tuesday night. They're at meetings all day. They're talking to people in between. All the leaders that volunteer have to hang around for about two days after having meetings with all their state teams. They don't give anyone time to drive home, have their day off, freshen up the Sunday, get their message prepared. That all just gets shut down. And then they go, and by the way, pastors, don't burn out. So this freaks me out. Every year I write an email to the state president saying, why don't you just start it Tuesday morning, finish it Thursday lunch, they can drive home Thursday afternoon or have their meetings, they get Friday off to freshen up and they can prepare their message Saturday because I'm thinking how not to burn out. So I dumped this all over Ros this morning thinking what a wonderful righteous person I am. (laughs) She starts coming up with the answers, doesn't agree with me at all. Coming up with the answers, sticking up for the state exec, sticking up for the conference. Really what she's saying is, I like meeting with people. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Back off, buddy. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to serve and I'm going to enjoy it. So I'm in this thinking how righteous I am. I'm thinking, that's the smell of smoke. Anyway. Because <laughs> we think we haven't got it, but we have. Okay. Paul's shipwreck. I want to refer to this when I conclude, so I'll just I'll give you a little bit on it now. I think it must be Acts, yeah. So Paul's in this whole shipwreck thing, just little isolated things. He's a prisoner being taken to Rome. A wind of hurricane force comes up. He tells them not to sail on that given day, but they do. They have to pass ropes under the ship to hold it together. They haven't seen the sun or stars for many days, and the storm continues to rage. They give up all hope of surviving. Um, then some of the prisoners have a, have a plan, oh, the, the sailors have a plan to escape. And Paul says to the captain, unless the men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. If I'm on that boat, I'm freaking out already watching the lifeboats head off. Paul says, not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. Because it's like God gives him this revelation. You're not sailing with them. They're sailing with you. Because you're with them, they're all going to be okay if, if they do what you say. Um, they see a bay with a sandy beach and they make for the beach. The soldiers plan to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. Because if the prisoners escape, the soldiers probably get killed when they back to Rome anyway. 
But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard. Ive, you would have been fine. I'm not a strong swimmer. I would have been fighting people off to get the blank. <laughs> um, those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached the land. And I, I'll refer back to that at the end. So this is Paul coming through a trial having more strength on his side than what he realised and coming through unharmed. G'day, Ralph's dad. How are you going, Steve? Good to see you. Love you, mate. Um, so some points. Your architect is God. He knows the stuff that's on the inside of you. You don't yet, not until you go through something. I was even talking to a guy the other day at the lake. He was doing, I don't know if you've seen this. You know how there's sailboards and there's parasails. They've now got these boards with a winged keel and they have a sail that isn't attached to the board and they just hold the sail and take off. But it's only any good in strong wind and when you see them, the board's sitting about two or three feet, what's that, a metre above the water. And it's a really smooth ride, even though there's lots of chop. It's, it reminded me of Australia too, when I was talking about it. He said, he said wind keels are the most amazing thing, but they only work in strong wind. Well, that's like you. You could have a wind keel, but you don't know it. <laughs> until you face the strong wind and you realise just how much God can smooth things out against the natural forces of nature, that he has designs and things in place that can serve you, that can really smooth out a difficult trial. It's, 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 an, amazing, it's an amazing principle. Um, plus, within you is some seed that God's put there that only comes out when you go through the fire. The giant sequoias, and I, uh, Ros has got a niece called sequoia, which are those giant trees, their seeds only uh, drop to the ground if fire hits them. They can only be rejuvenated by, by fire, you know, some of the largest trees in the world. Um, all right. Second point, why does God allow opposition to come against us? Well, it's the resistance principle. You know, nearly every good sport has resistance. Swimming has the water, running has gravity, etc., etc. But he, here's the best thing I learned from today's message. The council or the fire department before summer do a thing called controlled burns. Because fire can't burn a second time where it's already burnt. So what this says to me spiritually is when God allows you to go through some fires, and I'm talking small fires that have boundaries set on them, I know they get out of control around here, but we, we won't go to that bit. I haven't figured that bit out yet. <laughs> but control burns are a really good thing because they can actually protect your, your home from burning down. And God allows controlled burns because they will build protection into your life. He's boundaried them and you'll be okay. It's like when the devil approached God about um, doing stuff to Job. He said, you can do this much, but no more. There was a boundary set. It was a controlled burn. Um, fire can't burn a second time where it has already burned. Small fires save us from big fires, and that's the whole principle of why God lets us go through some things. There are levels you can't reach without the fire. I was thinking, you know, I could pick any of you that I know and just tell you of trials. It's just I'm thinking of Brody who was orphaned at, I can't remember if it was 14 or 16, um, and just different ones, Kate Sinclair, in hospital for months and months with the birth of a daughter, not being able to move much. James being paralysed 
for a year, not being able to barely blink. Um, Rhonda, who's lost a speech and just still comes to church, still seeks God. I thought, whoa, I don't want to go through those trials. God, that freaks me out. God has created them to be very deep and very special, like this little boy we saw at the start. Big opposition equals big destiny. The, watch this. You take this on board. The destiny in you is bigger than the storm around you. And that's probably one of the things we most often discover when we think God's been a bit unfair with the, with the storm we're going through that seems a bit too stronger than what we wanted, what comes out of it on, on the other side. And I don't know, as a parent, how many times, Ros doesn't panic, I do, how many times have you hit the panic button about your kids, do you know what I mean, instead of getting into God, and then they come through okay. Sometimes it takes a few years, but you think, wow, we nearly lost one of ours. Freaked me out. Ross stayed calm and stayed in God. Worked with it. I was like, <laughs> it really contributed a lot. I did, you know. <laughs> but wow, the destiny in you is bigger than than the storm around you. Chris Hodges. I was reading one of his books the other day. He's a fantastic pastor in America, Birmingham, Alabama. I think it's Church of the Highlands. I think it's called. Um, he says this about us and. We should take this on board because I like solitude, but he said, it's hard to improve when you have no one but yourself to follow. Um, uh, and I just have good guys that I can look up to because there's times where I need to rub against them, so to speak, on sharp and zine, but there's got to be buffeting and they disagree and we, and we work through stuff. And, and I need that because it's easy to spend too much time alone <laughs> arriving at your own assumptions that are wrong because when you just arrive at stuff on your own it's really easy to be wrong and not know it so we do need the other the other buffetings um chris says growing yourself enables you to grow others that's why it's important to, to keep growing yourself um don't live in a stagnant pond or you will um poison everyone else eventually <laughs> i've probably done that um it's like me getting up going, I know what works. Really, Ros has done all the hard work with the kids behind the scenes. And I go, I know what works. You go, woo! And it really helps. But really, it's because someone else is doing the hard work. Um, talk yourself, last point, talk yourself into victory, not defeat. Leading yourself is your greatest leadership challenge. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say I am strong. It gives you these opposites to say, God, your grace is sufficient for me. Well, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When people try to harm you, God uses it to promote you. David was anointed to be king 13 years before he actually became king. Listen to some of his trials, but God got him there because it all processed him to have the, the oomph to be king. Um, Lions and bears attacked him and tried to steal the sheep. His dad didn't believe in him. His brothers rejected him. Saul was trying to kill him. Um, but while that's all happening, people are gathering around him, warriors that would be very useful when he became king. I don't know, God was just, regardless of the opposition, was setting something up. Even Brad Arthur, the Parramatta coach, the Parramatta's just made the grand final. All this stuff broke out against him that was really unfair. You know, bitter rivals from years before, sowing stuff in the media and coming against him. He should be sacked. He shouldn't be the coach. When's he going to? Well, he's just pulled it off. And I notice this, none of those idiots come back and apologise for being wrong. That's what I don't like. 
You can have an opinion, but if you're wrong, you've got to come back and say it. Don't go, he should be sacked as coach. Then he gets him to the grand final, first time for 30-something years. They don't come back and say, sorry, well, I'll just put a headline in the paper. I was wrong. Don't do that today, eh? Accusations, they just fly around. Whoa. Okay, okay, sorry. I'm getting on a hobby horse off track. Um, <laughs> I can see written here, where are you now? I'm really lost, God, because I just got into the flesh. Okay. <laughs> We've just finished the, the Valiant Man course, which was fantastic. And I know that what I loved about it was this. Men were there being vulnerable because they wanted to improve their lives and the lives, lives of those around him. And I, it was just a course where there was this tremendous respect for each other as we humbled ourselves with each other. And I, I just thought it was really powerful. Um, Alan Meyer says this quote about ministers Ministers don't have moral falls because they forget they are Christians. They fall because they forget they are men. Big statement. And uh, Archibald Hart, in this course, says this quote. I think this is really powerful truth. Watch this, because I think our humanness has a vulnerability to this. He talks about coveting, and he says, coveting is the tendency to believe that happiness can only come with something I don't now have. Um, it is the attitude the devil fostered to destroy Adam and Eve in the and mankind in the Garden of Eden. They were given so much, yet Eve believed through the devil's lie that true happiness could only be found in what had not been given. Wow, that is such a brilliant insight to our own vulnerability, what we're vulnerable to sometimes. And the attitude the enemy was able to put in her that caused, you know, helped cause mankind's fall, that attitude defined her pathway and led to hurt, loss and shame. Wow. In wanting more, there's a right way to want more, okay, but there's a wrong way to, to want more. And, and the wrong way to want more leads to hurt, loss and shame. Wow. Gee, that's powerful truth. Um, so when I see, where are you now? I think, you be careful, big fella. <laughs> um, so Paul on the boat, and the boat falls apart. God goes, this is such a good quote. I'll see to it that you make it to safety without you having what you think you need to get there. Wow. And I think that's the whole key attitude to being in trials because we want all this stuff that we think that will get us through it but he doesn't always give us the stuff but he'll get us there occasionally like the prisoners you have to actually grab onto some broken stuff until you do get there and, and then you get restored if, if the boat you're relying on disappears grab whatever is available the broken things become your breakthrough things. And I, I think maybe going through marriage breakup or, you know, a church that falls apart it can be very much like that. Um, the broken things can become your breakthrough things for that, for that short span until you're safe. God does have the right people lined up to test you, to help you, to protect you and to promote you. Um, I love this. God's fire keeps you warm in a cold world. I like that. But here's a better one. Guess what? 
I love you people. I think you're some of the most amazing Christians I've ever met. You know what? And you've all been through the fire, through fires. You went through the fire. Guess what? Now you're on fire. The Holy Spirit will fill us up through however he does it. (laughs) What happens if someone you don't like is the one that God's chosen to lay hands on you and get you filled with the Holy Spirit? I love the saying, don't reject the mail because the postman's got dirty trousers. You don't have to like everyone. Just let God do what he's going to do, eh? I love that saying so much. Um, now you're on fire. Isn't that good? It might start little, but it'll, it'll grow within you. And I think it's a phenomenal church. You're blessed, aren't we? You think of the array of preachers and MCs and the stuff that comes through, the purity and the anointing today. What about the groups we get to do? How good are they? And you started all that. You you built that up and then you find this great lady to take it over and it's like, oh, this is a great place to be, eh? I thought church was supposed to be tough. We're, we're in a great place. Thanks, Donna and I. Mm. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Wasn't that a great message, church? A great reminder of us, no matter what we're going through, the main thing is who's with us that he's with us. And um, I also loved how Mark finished then with saying, um, you know, when he's with us, we can make it on broken pieces, on broken things, with broken lives. The main thing is he's with you. And those words continue to give us comfort, don't they? Um, No matter what we're going through, it's who's with us. If he's with us, we will make it. We will get there. I know for the disciples, I'm sure those words made all the difference (laughs) when he gave them the job of going into all the world and telling them, telling the world about him. He said, but I'll be with you even to the end of the age. And that's his promise for us today. And so for some of us, those words today might bring comfort, the comfort that we need. But for others... Those words come to us to give us courage, you know, courage to, to go through and come through maybe what we're going through this morning. You know, there may be someone here today or someone who's watching us online this morning who maybe feels far away from God. They don't have that sense of God with them. And the Bible tells us that it is our sin that separates us from God. And we all have sin. There's no perfect human being. We all need God. We've all sinned. And that's exactly what Jesus dealt with on the cross with his death and resurrection. He paid the price for our sin and made it possible for us to draw near to God, for God to be with us. And we receive Christ by praying a prayer from our heart. And if you would like to join with me this morning to receive Christ, you can pray along with me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I accept that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and today I make the decision to put my faith and my trust in him and receive his forgiveness 
I commit my life to you now. I receive you into my heart to be with me forever. Amen. You know, if you're watching us online this morning, why don't you reach out um, via our prayer link and connect with us? We'd love to be able to encourage you in the decision that you've made. And, you know, if you're here this morning and you prayed along with me, I'd also love to talk to you, give you a Bible, encourage you and pray for you. So please come and Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.